0: Profit is not cash. Conscious saying, I'm going to launch a Facebook ad today. Everyone can only handle I feel like we need to stop putting ourselves in restrictions. What do you actually want out of your business? You're listening to Forest
1: FM, the salon business show with your host, Zoe Galil Springer. For your
0: industry, by your industry. For years, both individuals and brands curated perfect online personas and social media feeds prescribing almost perfectly to sociologist Irvin Goffman's 1959 theory of self-representation. Goffman compared our behavior in social situations to actors performing their role on a public stage. According to his theory, we bring different masks to different social situations. Trying to present our idealized self in the best possible light? Check. Exaggerating certain aspects of our personality while suppressing or completely hiding negative ones? Check. This strategy he called impression management? We're all very well versed in it. But there's a growing desire for something else. According to the Cohn & Wolf Authentic Brands Study of 2017, 91% of consumers globally indicated they were willing to reward a brand for its authenticity via purchase, investment, Endorsement or similar action. And if authenticity was already on all of the social media trend reports in 2019, it's now a request or else. In 2022, people are demanding, dare I say, even expecting authenticity in exchange for connection and loyalty. And in theory, there's nothing wrong with that. But what is authenticity really? And what is authenticity in the context of catering for different generations of consumers who are looking for different things, such as forging personal relationships, personalized attention, alignment with values? Navigating and balancing authenticity, privacy, vulnerability, and transparency all at once makes for interesting going online dilemmas, especially considering how the margin of error for brands and public figures has become smaller over time. In the eyes of the consumer, though, it is always about the intersection of the perceived value of personal information and the value of the service received in return. So back to authenticity. Is it just about being sincere? real and honest? Is it to stay true to our genuine, real-life personality, values, and spirit? That is assuming, of course, that we have a very clear and self-aware vision of the self, either as a brand or public figure. Or does it also require reliability and dependability, owning up to mistakes with empathy and a growth mindset? Where does vulnerability come into play, and to what degree is self-disclosure required?
1: The game isn't Follow the trends. It's not do the cookie cutter way. It's not do what everybody else is doing. It's understand the tool and then figure out how to use the tool to best position yourself as the person you already are. Over the years, we've put up these walls and we're like, well, if I make everything look great on social or if I pretend like everything is great, then I don't have to feel that pain. But as we even say that, it's so obvious how unhealthy that is. I think healthy vulnerability is deciding what to share and what to say silent on. Often we try to create this false perfection thinking that it's actually going to be a good thing, and it's not. That's where misunderstanding comes from because it's not real. We're all, as humans, entitled to make lots and lots of mistakes, which we will continue to do. It's everything you do after that actually counts, When I first got on social, I don't think I was being my authentic self. The more I found the confidence in that authenticity, the more I was able to be
0: vulnerable. Brit Siva is an industry-renowned expert business coach for salon owners and hairstylists and has been featured in recognizable outlets such as Modern Salon Magazine and Beauty Launchpad. Her Thrivers Society membership program has helped more than 10,000 stylists from six different continents to systematically grow their clientele with sustainable marketing systems. Based on the real-life experience of leading a single salon team to over $3 million in annual revenue while still in her 20s to now running her own multi-million dollar education company, she and her team reach millions of beauty industry professionals with their thriving stylist podcasts, and social media outlets. Through their proprietary four stylist archetypes coaching system, Brit and her team can help any stylist or salon owner experiencing unstable or inconsistent client growth to immediately stabilize and scale their income while gaining more free time and peace of mind. So without further ado, Britt, welcome to Forest FM, and thank you so much for joining me today. It's been uh, such a pleasure working with you on this other project we have going on, and I've genuinely been looking forward to the time that we get to spend together today. Um, now, as I'm sure you'll agree, there's countless directions you can take when it comes to talking about social media, but I really think that we landed on something very specific that will really resonate and help many listeners out there today.
1: Well, I'm truly honored to be here. Um, I was sharing on my own Instagram just this morning that I don't do a ton of podcast interviews, but when you reached out and particularly with this topic that we discussed, it, mm-hmm. it like gave me chills head to toe. I was like, Oh, this is going to be powerful. I'm so excited to be here. So thank you for holding space for me. I'm excited.
0: Yeah. Nice. And honestly, thank you uh, for being willing to like go on the other side of the mic. Um, you know, a rare occasion. I really appreciate it. I feel very, um, very humbled and grateful.
1: Well, well, you you create such a safe space where it feels like comfortable and easy to have the conversation. So, right. so that that's half the battle, you know.
0: You know, I'm sure you've noticed it too. Like, you do really need that safe space when it comes to podcast conversations. Otherwise, I feel like it's easy for it to sound like a monologue and not a dialogue. So, thank you, thank you very much for saying that. It's very very kind of you to say, um, Britt. I wanted to start the episode by bringing us back twelve years in 2010. 2010, because it's when you started coaching salon owners, right? Through your content and events, one of the many things you enable people to do, aside from, of course, gaining skills in modern marketing, is remove existing success barriers. So what would you say are a few examples of these when it comes to social media marketing for salons in 2022? And how little or vastly have those barriers changed since you started coaching salon owners?
1: It's interesting because when whenever I'm asked questions like this, I always almost like peel the onion. Like I start with <laughs> the obvious outside ones. Yeah. So So if we were to ask people like, listen, what's your social media barrier? Nine times out of 10, it's I don't have time. I don't mm-hmm. have time. I'm doing all these other things. I don't have the time for it. I understand. But often we use time. When the reality is, we just don't know how to do it. And we don't have yeah. the time to learn. Like, t- time goes so much deeper. Like, we know rationally, well, t- it would take you 90 seconds to make an Instagram post. So that doesn't make any sense. But it's because you have to learn it and you don't understand it. And it's changing all the time. Yeah, And that, that leads into, I think, our biggest barrier is that we aren't confident. We aren't confident in who we are. We aren't confident with the new way you have to show up and that the rules are always changing. So it's funny. I have a, an 18-year-old daughter who's enrolled in cosmetology school. So she's following my in my footsteps, but 15 steps later. Yeah. And it's, it's so interesting because she has seen me, the work I do. She was in the salon with me, and now she's watching what I do now. And she's like, Mom, the game's changing. Like, it's changing really fast. I was mm-hmm. watching... Just yesterday, she was showing me this unboxing video. It was like an influencer in our our beauty industry had been sent a box of products. And I know how the world works. Like the idea is you open this box of products and you make it look really fun and sexy. And like, ooh, and it's like, it's supposed to be like a sales pitch, right? And then all of your followers love it. Well, when I watched this unboxing, I was like, this is garbage. I was like, how did anybody pay this person to create this content? And my daughter was like, "Yeah, but mom, she's being real. She's not it's not like perfect lighting and she's not saying all the right things and it's not like super hyper edited mm. and everything is perfect. She's like she's in our kitchen and and she's being normal and she's like this is what I want to see." And I think that Keeping up with the trends and being comfortable, being who you are, and and filming a video in your kitchen and and kind of removing all of that overly processed, overly perfect, um, is tough. It, it yeah. creates that vulnerability and that awkwardness, and we're having a hard time navigating that.
0: One hundred percent. And you said something there. You know, like keeping up with the trends. Like, do you feel like it's hard to? Remain authentic while keeping up with the trends and being on trends so that your content does actually resonate and work, you know? Do you feel that way yourself? super hard and it's funny because so tiktok is obviously a huge deal right now
1: it's a big conversation reels are a big deal big conversation yeah i've tried i've tried dancing <laughs> i've tried doing all the moves and like the trending video and my team is like you look you look li- like a crazy person like this is not gonna work like this is this this is not right because i'm not being authentic mm. so it so i have to slow my roll and say like okay brit the the game isn't follow the trends. It's not do the cookie cutter way. It's not do what everybody else is doing. It's understand the tool and then figure out how to use the tool to best position yourself as the person you already are. If I don't sing and dance and make funny, trendy videos, then I shouldn't force myself to do it. Yeah. But that that almost becomes the hard part too, because we're like, well, then who do I copy? Who do I look up to? How do I, how do I be, how do I be unique? Like, can somebody show me how to do it? It's tough. And so you end up in this cycle of, I don't know where to start. I don't even know how to be authentically me while following these trendy platforms. And it's difficult.
0: Yeah, I think, and I think you touched upon something that's uh, very, very real, like, especially with TikTok, like it's extremely hard with TikTok, I find, because TikTok changes like by the day, almost
1: it's that pressure. Yeah,
0: it's really tough. Um, so right. when we look at like real life relationships, to t- take a step back from social media, right, and what what they require for them to thrive, vulnerability, authenticity, we just mentioned, bravery will also like tend to come up, right? Do you find it hard to do that at scale? I'm asking because obviously with your community, your community in the tens of thousands. Um, You have huge sellout events, they go, you know, they sell out in like 24 hours at this stage and stuff. So how, like, do you believe that what relationships require in real life is also the key driver behind what they require for like online communities?
1: I do. And I will say it has been one of the hardest things to scale effectively Mm. and coming out of my, it's actually been something that's been weighing very heavy on me. It was easy for me to stay connected and easy for me to know everybody's, the intricacies of all of my students' business when I only had 50 coaching clients. That was easy. And now that I have thousands, it's not as easy. But leaving my last event, which was in June, a student of mine, Lisa Huff sent me a DM and she said, I have to commend you because I watched you work the room, which was 600 people. And she's like, you knew everybody by name. You knew what was up with their business. And it, I, it felt amazing to be acknowledged because if people really knew, I spent hours studying and trying to stay up. And I think that that's rare. I think that we're living in a time where a lot of people do disconnect. And there was yeah. a time where it was cool if influencers were totally out of touch and totally unreachable and not available. I don't know about you. It feels really icky to me if I DM somebody and it no response at all. Or, um, I feel like I've been around you for years and you don't even know who I am if I've been making an effort. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that that's gross. And so while, while to what you're saying, is it hard? Yes. But I also think it's critical. I think we're living in a time where I've been talking about this, the, the times of like private jets and unattainable lifestyles. I don't think that's cool anymore. And and like being a good human is what's trendy.
0: Yeah, I think so. And you know what? Like I do relate to that quite a bit. Like even just when when I think about the first the first like influencer I guess that came to mind is um this uh, this personal trainer that I follow I follow programs like obviously she's based out of LA. Like I I've never met her in my entire life. But um I follow her programs like religiously um and whenever I tag her or like DM her something or you know answer to a Q&A like she always ends up taking the time to reply back and it feels like we are like we're connected like i've said this so many times i want to be friends with this person like i wish i could just like be in the same city yep. and hang out yeah <laughs> but it it does like make a difference in how engaged you become with the content as well you know agreed
1: can i add on to what you just said I think that had you just stayed on the sidelines and never sent that first DM or never made that first tag, she wouldn't know who you are. You would be totally beyond her stratosphere. Yeah. But you chose to be authentic too and be like, I like what you're doing. I respect you. Here's something cool, or I'm going to tag you in. (laughs) As the person on the other side, that feels really good. Like we all need that acknowledgement. Nobody ever gets so big that they don't need somebody to say, love this. This was amazing. You're changing my life. I wish we could be friends. Like that never gets old when you're connecting with the right people. And that's so I true. think that's a testament to you, and I hope more people do that. Like, reach out and say hello to the people you <laughs> admire,
0: because yeah.
1: that's where some great networking comes from, too.
0: Yeah, and I think, and I think you're right. We, we often forget that, you know. It's like, it, I think that maybe perhaps like the fact that social media had been like that, like, disconnect for so long, you know, that it's not something that we're used to seeing actually work, you know, building connections and networks through just the means of TikTok or Instagram or whatever. But actually, like, I've I've done that so many times, like so many people in the US I have never met technically in real life, but I'll have Instagram conversations with every now and again, you know, and it's like, hey, how you doing? Right. And it's
1: amazing. And you can build really solid relationships like that so long as you're willing to put in the work and the effort, but it can happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when we talk about like vulnerability, right, like I think we often speak of vulnerability and it becomes like a bit of a blanket term, um, I think, personally, Um I think curiosity is part of like what makes vulnerability like if you're for instance like I don't know you're a CEO or like in a really high managerial kind of position like you know if you're not willing to admit that you don't know everything therefore like you're not going to be vulnerable right um I guess like with your experiences of like being vulnerable on social media and like with your community what would you say is um the main ingredients in vulnerability aside from say curiosity
1: ah oh, can i just say i love that you i love that you spoke to curiosity because i so agree with you like as soon as a curiosity dies it's doomsday as soon as the ego takes over and so, as soon as you stop choosing to learn stop choosing to humble yourself stop choosing to say i don't know everything like you just said you can just kiss it all goodbye i <laughs> love that you brought that up i thought that was so important And heading into this interview, I actually looked up the definition of vulnerability. I I
0: didn't even, I was like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, (laughs) I did it
1: because I was like, I'm curious and I'll be honest with you. So the reason I did it was because in my mind, vulnerability means something and I'll share what I think it is. But when I looked up the definition, I was like, whoa, that's heavy. And when I read the definition, I was like, this is why it carries so much weight for people. So the definition of vulnerability is the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed, either emotionally or physically.
0: Okay. That's how <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. I Proof wasn't Proof that either. I didn't look it up. <laughs> exactly.
1: And I don't think, like, I've spoken to vulnerability before, and I yeah. don't think I've ever even looked it up. Like, vulnerability to me could have been, like, confidence or, like, your truest self. Like, it's easy to say things like that, but when you read the actual definition, like— That is the weight it carries for a lot of us. It feels scary. It feels like you are putting yourself out there. Mm. And true vulnerability does open you up to opposition, to people not agreeing with you, to people saying you're wrong or other really negative, nasty, harmful things. And often we choose to not be vulnerable to protect ourselves from that. And that is so understandable. Like who wants to be harmed physically or emotionally? Nobody. And so, and so over the years we've put up these walls and we're like, well, if I make everything look great on social or if I pretend like everything is great, then I don't have to feel that pain. Mm-hmm. But as we even say that, it's so obvious how unhealthy that is. Like you, so now you're creating almost like this false world. It's not your, not your truest self. Maybe you're protected from pain, but at what cost? And it's yeah. we've created these ultra high barriers and these fictitious lives and all of these things that maybe protect the pain, but you lose yourself in the process. And as I started thinking about it more, I think healthy vulnerability is deciding what to share and what to say silent on. Like some things aren't meant for the whole world to know. Like there's a difference between being overly transparent and sharing your everything and being being vulnerable, even if it means you won't like me in the end, even if it means you're not my person, even if it means our values are so off base that we can't find a common ground. Sometimes that's okay. Mm -hmm. And I think I don't know about you like I don't want to do business with people I'm not values aligned with anymore. At this point yeah. in my life I'm not interested.
0: Yeah, one yeah, same same here. And yeah. I mean and and it comes back to like yeah, vulnerability, being vulnerable can like help build trust, but like there's there's like you said, there's a limit to you don't have to, it doesn't mean that you have to share everything with everyone. Yep. So true. And
1: transparency is the how much you share authenticity is your truth and your values right so we mm-hmm. always want to be authentic always 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 i think like we were saying earlier the days of like looking like our kardashian living this like crazy <laughs> out outlandish lifestyle nobody thinks that's cool anymore like i think we're past that yeah so you want to be authentic but it doesn't mean you have to show every little bit and piece and that's where the transparency comes in like how transparent do you want to be for example I choose to not be super transparent. Like I've shared with you, I don't share my kids' names on social media. I don't share my husband's name on social media. Yeah. I sometimes share pictures of them, but I talk about them all the time. And I'll talk about my adventures in motherhood, like good, bad, or indifferent. And I'll talk about my failures as a wife, good, bad, or indifferent. So, but I choose I choose to like share my truth and not make stuff up without sharing every little bit in piece. Yeah. And it's hard. It's hard to find that balance.
0: Well, how, how did you find that balance, like that balance that worked for you? Because that is, that is something that a lot of people struggle with.
1: It is. I'm a work in progress still. So I hope I hope everybody, if you feel like you're a work in progress, same, I'm there too. So um, I'm still working on it. I just, I had a, a live event in June. It was Thrivers Live this year. So it's my community, my community event, which is definitely the place and space where I feel the safest. Like these are my people. I know they respect me. And so it felt like a very safe place right. to introduce my family to my world for the first time. So very openly, um, my kids didn't really know what I did for a job. They had a really high level idea, but they didn't know. My husband knew at a high level, didn't really know. And having them sit in that room and having my students come up and talk to them and say, "Hi, what is your name?" It was a it was a really. Amazing moment for both sides, for my family to be like, "Holy cow!" Like this is so different than what we thought. Yeah. And then for for my for my community to see that I trusted them with this like little piece of me that I've kept private for so long. And so to what you were saying about trust, I had to get there. Like I had to work up to it. And what I found is, the more the more authentic I became, the more vulnerable I was. Willing to be so, mm. I mean, full full exposure. When I first got on social, I don't think I was being my authentic self. I I wanted to be who I want, who the world wanted me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, if if somebody disagreed with me, I would totally take a step back and be like, Oh my gosh, you know what? You're right. I think I had that all wrong. I would lose my own positioning. And the more I got confident and said, You know what? A lot of people aren't going to like what I have to say, and that makes me human, and that's okay. Yeah. It was like, the more I found the confidence in that authenticity, the more I was able to be vulnerable. It kind of, they all kind of fit together. It's interesting.
0: Do you feel like you were in some way protecting yourself or refusing to let yourself feel a certain way by not letting people in as much?
1: Uh, yeah, I think in a, lo- a lot of ways, I was trying to protect myself, guard myself. Um, it was that judgment that I could potentially face that that interesting. Mm-hmm. I proved my own self right because as soon as I did start sharing my family, a lot of people did have opinions and a lot of people did want to critique My kids or my husband. And I don't want, like, you want to talk about somebody getting angry or like a mama bear (laughs) coming out. Like, that's infuriating, right? But I had to be ready to make that choice and say, well, listen, Joan doesn't actually know my husband or my kids. So she doesn't, what she says can't hurt me. And I had to get to that place of realizing, like, I chose to be a public figure, which, P.S., everybody in our industry chose that. And we didn't know we chose that, but when we chose to be service professionals working in a community, you chose to put yourself out there in that way. In a way that somebody who works in a cubicle doesn't have to do. Mm-hmm. You having this podcast, you're choosing to put yourself out there. Good bad or indifferent, right? Yeah. <laughs> and it, and it's and it's it's a journey to get to that place where you're like, "You know what? But I'm a badass and I, I love me, and I think I'm pretty great, and those who do need to hear my message, I'm going to give it to them in full, and those who don't like what I have to say can hit the unfollow button, can unsubscribe anytime, and that can't stop me from living my authentic Truth playing a character is exhausting, and it's like once you get once you get to the point where you're like, well, that was too much work. It starts to be a little easier.
0: Yeah, it's true. How did it feel um, at the event this summer? Like you had an event in June. It was in Monterey, California, right? Like how did it feel um, to be at that stage where you were like, you know what, this is this is what I wanted. Like, and it's happening, and people are meeting my family. Like, how? Like, did the community response? At that event in particular, because it was in person, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Did it surprise you? Was it like in some way healing? What was it to you?
1: It was all beautiful things, like all things positive is how it made me feel on the flip side. Uh, My community was wonderful to my husband and my kids, like just couldn't have been more accepting and lovely and and came up and tried to get to know them as people aside from me. And and it just was very validating for all of them. I have to say, like, it was one of the best things for my marriage in particular because- Oh my gosh, big time. And that was one of those things that you couldn't have expected, right? (laughs) But my husband and I would have all these misunderstandings about, like, you know how it is. It's a lot of work to produce a podcast. It's a lot of work to, to inspire an industry. And so I would be doing all these things and he couldn't understand. And allowing him to be a part of the world, he's like, Oh, time out. I get it. And it, and it's interesting how as you open up more, and I've seen that in other ways too, like beyond my family, as you start to share your truth, people understand you more. And they're like, oh, she's not this, that, or the other thing. It's just that this is happening. You you get a little bit more grace. And often we try to create this false per, uh, perfection, yep. um, thinking that it's actually going to be a good thing. And it's not. That's where misunderstanding comes from because it's not real. And, and so people are judging you based on this fictitious life that's not even happening versus if you just be honest, it's amazing how things really open up for you.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I want to come back to the the transparency part, right? Because um, there's like something and I was, this was like while I was prepping for this uh, for this specific conversation, right? And it, I'd never really thought about it in terms of bringing that up in a conversation on the Force FM podcast, but it just felt right. Um, when you look at neurodiversity and neurotypical people, right? Like I'm, I'm one that falls into the neurodiverse. And when you look at neurodivergent people in particular, we often have tendencies to overshare or info dump in the context of like, say, I don't know, being on social, hosting a Q&A session, um, answering off the cuff, like you might just in the spur of the moment, impulsively share. And to you, it then feels like an overshare. Are there any good questions to reflect on to be like, yes, this is actually something I do want to share or no, this is maybe a little too much to avoid those like almost immediate regrets? <laughs>
1: First of all, I've been there. I've made some immediate regrets too, so I get it. And one of my kids, I've never said which publicly, um, is NeuroDiversal. Also, and so I'm from familiar from like a parenting standpoint of like, okay, how do we help this child to navigate the world that maybe doesn't always understand and you know cater to their specific needs? Um, so I, I kind of get it from all sides. So what is helpful is. Of course, like taking a pause and taking a beat. So even for me, like if I ever get an idea to create something that's maybe borderline, like gonna make some people upset, it's not one of those like warm and fuzzy type of messages. It's one of those like, ooh, I might like grind some gears on this one. (laughs) I always give it like 48 hours. Like I let it simmer on the back burner for a little bit and see if I still feel good about it. And if it passes that 48 hour test, then it's a green light go. Um, And it does help having that confidence of like, come hell or high water, this is my truth. And so mm-hmm. once you have that, it really does help a lot. Now, the other thing is, I like to think like, when I say this, when I do this, I'm entering into a conversation and I'm of the mindset that like we talked about earlier, I don't know everything, you don't know everything. And mm-hmm. if we can learn from each other, we're gonna be in a good space. So even if I share something that maybe is not an overshare and somebody calls me on it, that's okay. I'm being called into the conversation, I can talk it through. I can apologize if I'm wrong. I can I can say you know what I didn't think of it that way. Thank you for this. Like I'm I'm willing to navigate the conversation, and that yeah. helps a lot. One of the things that I saw that a couple people had some missteps with. I don't know if you saw the teenage dirtbag trend that came up on like TikTok a little bit. Yeah, real, a, little a little bit. bit.
0: Yeah, a little bit. A recently. little bit. Yeah.
1: Okay. So that was one of those that I think called a couple people were like, ooh, maybe you got a little too excited on that one. Because <laughs> because I think there are some brands, like I saw Christina Aguilera do one. I'm a, I'm a 90s kid, so Christina resonates for me. But I know not Xtina <laughs> all the way. So she did one, and it was like I was a teenage dirtbag. Listen, that was her persona in the 90s. That was who she yeah. was. So for her to participate, it was like dead on, no shame in her game. It's all good. And then I saw some people do it where I was like, yikes, you're you're mm. trying to be seen as a professional right now. And we've <laughs> all have a past, myself included. But you have to think about like, is what I'm about to say in alignment with how I want to be perceived? Is mm-hmm. this how I want to be respected? Is this what people even come to me for? Is this in alignment with the work that I do and the message I want to share? Or is this more of like a personal share on the side that I just send my friends? And I think yeah. often if we think about like, Who am I here for? How have I positioned myself? What messages do these people need to hear from me? It can help having that little bit of a filter. But I will say I have slip ups all the time too, where I'll say things that I'm like, whoops, instant regret. I think just having that faith to enter into the conversation and the humility to say, I don't know everything and I'll own up to all of my errors. Even just going in with that, it really does allow you to feel kind of safe in your own space, to be honest.
0: Mm. Well, on those slip ups, right, like th- that makes a lot of sense. And, and I wholeheartedly agree. Do you feel like when you do overshare accidentally and you have yeah. that instant regret, right, do you feel like it it like automatically adds a layer of like expectation that people are like going to expect that type of transparency from you going forward? I don't.
1: But I think that I think that that expectation is there. I just don't come from that mindset of like, well, now I've set a standard or like, now these are the rules. I don't feel like those are the rules. What I will say is there was a very famous influencer, she who should not be named, she'll be Voldemort for this podcast episode. So Voldemort (laughs) made this post and it was a massive mistake. Actually, she made a series of unfortunate errors and, um, the way she owned up to it, I don't think she did. The way that she navigated it, she did not enter into the conversation. She didn't choose to be a part of the solution. She didn't she didn't choose to like authentically grow as a human. She didn't share what that growth looked like. That to me was a missed opportunity. And that's yeah. where the authenticity and the transparency failed her because it was like, well, do you actually care or who are you as a human? Because what you just said is not values aligned with who I thought you were. So then your character becomes questioned and it's everything you do after that moment that counts. We're all as humans entitled to make lots and lots of mistakes, which we will continue to do. It's it's everything you do after that actually counts. And so I think even having that, that like grace to say like, I'm going to, F it up sometimes, but then I'm going to choose to learn. I'm going to choose to ask questions. I'm going to choose to apologize as needed. It gives you this safety of like nothing's irreparable. There's so little that we can do where literally there's no coming back from it. Very, very, very little. And so long as you're willing to to learn and be open, I just don't think anything can happen that's really, really that bad.
0: I I love that you said that because it just reminded me of like, how many, you know, like very public people, for instance, in the last like couple of years, um, make a massive, you know, fuck up, Blender, <laughs> as it a fuck is. up, yes, yeah, bad, <laughs> and bad. and then just turn to to PR agencies to post out like a sorry excuse letter kind of thing, and no. it's never, never good enough. Like it's not, and it's never going to nope. be good enough because it's not, it doesn't come off as authentic. It doesn't like, you're not entering the conversation. You're nope. just, you're just being like, oh shit, I fucked up here. This, Some, this Somebody you know, take somebody care of this for yeah, me. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we
1: see right through it. You see it in two seconds. Like, oh, you're not yeah. owning this. Actually, you're just, you hired someone t- for $10,000 to write a cute Instagram graphic and you're hoping it goes away. And that's, that's when we have a problem. But to what you just said, that's not authentic at all. Mm -hmm. Not at all.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, listen, this, this brings me on to something that a lot of people struggle with as well. I want to talk about boundaries a little bit, because I think that, um, that it can definitely play into like vulnerability and authenticity and transparency, especially when it comes to social media. So. People often have a hard time setting or communicating boundaries, sometimes both. Um, Do you think, how do you think vulnerability and authenticity intersect with boundaries?
1: I think that's a really good question. And I am somebody, I almost feel like a little bit inauthentic talking about boundaries only because I feel like very recently did I have healthy ones for myself? I was like mm. human human doormat all the way for a really long time where I would just do everything to avoid conflict. Um, if somebody needed a favor, I would make my life harder just so that theirs was easier. I mean, I had a really unhealthy relationship with boundaries. And then an amazing thing happened. Um, a, a light flipped for me in 2019 was my flip switch. And <laughs> I I just started testing a little bit and saying no or when you said that, you kind of came off like a jackass. Don't talk to me like that anymore. And it's amazing, like, when you start to stand up for yourself and when you realize, like, no, that offensive behavior is just not for me. Like, when you when you start to know yourself enough to be able to say, uh, if you're going to talk like that, we just can't be in conversation anymore— You'll be amazed at how much brighter your days get, but I I think it starts with having the confidence to lose some relation I have lost some real relationships in this process. Like to lose mm. some people who no longer serve you, to lose some of your following maybe, to lose some of your authority maybe in the name of being authentic only having really great people in your life and in your circle um, and not being afraid to like have some hard conversations because boundaries are tricky. Like your boundaries and mine are likely different in certain places. And I might share mine and you might not understand. And that's okay. It's, can Mm -hmm. we navigate past that? Or is that a roadblock for us? And you and I both have to be okay with like, if we can't get past a boundary, we have to go our separate ways. It's like, that confidence in letting go, I think is so important.
0: Yeah. And you know what? Like, it's a testament to you that you say that it's only been since 2019 that you've been building health, like having a a healthier relationship, I guess, with boundaries, because you are so confident. Like the day that we spoke, I was like... Oh damn! I'm intimidated by this person. Like, <laughs> oh my like, gosh, this is- <laughs> The <laughs>
1: like further the- that we get, the less you're intimidated <laughs> you are. You're like, oh, she's really normal and real weird and goofy. Like, I'm sure as time goes on, that really oh, wanes.
0: But, but you know, like, and I think, and I think that that, like you said, like confidence and letting go. But I think just like, also, just like, it builds up confidence in it does. general. It does completely. Yeah. So, do you have like any examples of like behaviors, uh, behaviors, boundaries you'd set um, when it comes to promoting your business on social? Like, you do a lot of that. Obviously, you're 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 a very public figure, like we just said. So, like, do you have any boundaries um, or examples of some um, for people that you know it might not relate to every single boundary might not relate to every single person out there listening, but even just to have people thinking about them you know like is there any one mm-hmm. specific that you tend to you know this is this is a no-go for me on social
1: no-go for me on social I mean there's not a whole lot of conversations I'm not willing to enter into at this point uh I you know what I've gotten really good about is as far as like working with brands and so even people like If you have a hair care brand in your salon or your salon software company, um, part of the reason why I choose to work with you and work with Forrest in the capacity that I do is I believe our values are aligned. Like, I'm not going to lie. When y'all first reached out, this was, I think, last year. When y'all first reached out, and it was just—you know what? I love the way you reached out because it was just like, hey, can we hop on a call and have a conversation? That's how it started. Neither of us knew what we were getting into. We still don't know. We're still trying to figure (laughs) it out. But it was like, hey, let's let's see if we values align. And the very first— thing I did was I went to your website and I combed through it really detailed. And I asked myself, like, are we values aligned? Because if we weren't, that first phone call would have never happened. And I honestly hope for y'all, it would have been the same. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think a lot of people take the time to say like, is my hair care brand values aligned or did they have an educator speak on a stage and scream something incredibly offensive to a room full of people because I know a color brand that did that. And then you right. have to ask yourself, like, is that who? Is that the brand I want in my salon space? Can I stand behind that? That's up to you. You have to decide. Yeah. But, I, but I think so often, like, for me, it's boundaries like that. Like if somebody asked me to promote something or speak on a stage where I'm like, I don't even like y'all as people, there's no amount of money. There's no amount of anything that would make me want to like share that, promote that, be a part of that. So I think like really understanding my values and how I want to work with other people has been has been really, really big. As far as like boundaries, one of the things is you'll still notice, even though I included my family at my live event, mm-hmm. they don't hardly ever make my social media feed. I have maybe five posts in five years with include my family. So that's still a really strong boundary for me. Not because I'm scared anymore though, just because like they're not a part of the conversation I'm having on the daily. Yeah. Um I started using that app. Um, not going to lie, which is an anonymous <laughs> question asking app. Yeah, and it's funny. So a lot of people on that will ask me questions about my family. I'll pick and choose the ones I want to answer, but a lot of times I'll share the, my, my answer with a picture. Like I'm I'm really dabbling in like what feels comfortable to me. If something doesn't, it's just a hard pass. No thanks. Not going to participate in it. Yeah. Um. But it's a daily dance, like trying to figure it out.
0: Yeah, I bet. <laughs> I bet. I mean, it's I hard. feel the same way with like just you know like hosting the, the the forest fm podcast and then like going through transition and like okay well my what was my personal profile is no longer my personal profile because I've been hosting the podcast for so long so many years so what yep. can I like what do I feel comfortable sharing and when and with who and then feeling the need to like create a separate account right I was like okay well how do I navigate like Just being on social and, like, finding community in this, like, whole new different world without being fully transparent with, like, you know, even just 1,500 people that they don't necessarily need that info just yet. Because I don't even feel comfortable sharing that yet, you know?
1: (laughs) I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, like, I don't feel comfortable sharing that yet because um, I've done that, too. And I have felt almost like forced to share because people advised me to or because it looked Mm. like that's what everybody else was doing. And if it makes you uncomfortable, it's not right. That's it's like that's that gut check of like, this is not right. On the flip side, I talked to you about this off air. There's a stylist that I coach with and she and her partner have now been married for a few years. I can't tell you how long. But she didn't tell people for a long time that she had a female partner. Like it made her, it made her worry that she'd actually lose part of her business because of that. And while I can't relate to that specific situation, like, I can't imagine how heartbreaking that is where maybe people ask questions and she doesn't feel like she can share her honest truth. And for her, it was when they welcomed their first baby where she was like, nope, F it, I don't care. If you don't like what we're doing, you can see your way out the left. But I do find that happens a lot where there will be these like life events or these triggers where you're like, you know what? I'm good, I'm in, come hell or high water, this is me, if you don't like it, that's totally okay. But I think to what you were saying, like, there is no timeline. There is no instruction sheet. It, it, it is that like gut instinct. You'll know when it's time to like push or share or be open. And what's amazing is when you do oh, the outpouring of love from all the right people is just, yes. it's the most soul warming feeling, right?
0: Yeah, 100%. And you know what? Like just knowing also that we're allowed to change our minds. Anytime. Anytime. <sighs> Yeah, anytime. It's something that we forget, I think, often. Mm. It's like, oh, well, I've been doing this for, I don't know, how long, but this is the way it has to be now, forever. And it's like, no, No, it doesn't. That's something that we said to ourselves and now we believe it.
1: (laughs) I love that you said that. Like the idea that everything is permanent, that every decision you make is either catastrophic or a grand slam. It's like everything runs in extremes. And you're right. We actually have the power to change our minds at any given moment. That was so freeing. I love that you said that. So good. Yeah.
0: Well, listen, Britt, this has been amazing. Like I want to wrap it up with just a question to, I guess, open it up. For reflection for people, um, if there's anything that you would like to have people reflect on leaving this podcast, going back into their day-to-day, what would that be? You know,
1: one of the things that crosses my mind every single day, so I'll leave with this— is how do I want people to feel after they have an interaction with me? One of the things that really I've lost some really major players in my life, like my very best friend, my dad, my mother-in-law, I've lost some really important people. And what what resonates when you go through that is you realize like you truly don't remember what people did or what they said, but you remember how they made you feel. And the feeling is what lasts. It really is. And so I think that if you if you spend some time reflecting on like, how do I want people to feel after they see me on social? How do I want people to feel after they connect with me in my chair? How do I want people to feel when they meet meet me at an event or whatever? There's yeah. a Your truth lies in that. And if you're willing to just live in that and own it and marinate in it, only good things come out the other side.
0: I love that you said that. I like As you were going into that answer, I was like, I feel like I know where this is going. I remember that quote. Yeah. And it is so true. You're so, so right. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for sharing everything you've shared with me today and, you know, being vulnerable and authentic with me. It's been a pleasure. It's been such a pleasure.
1: Zoe, you're absolutely amazing. It's been such a joy getting to know you and connect with you. I just think you're beautiful from the inside out. And thank you for your time today. I appreciate
0: it. Thank you. Social media is not about to stop changing as time goes on. But given everything we've discussed about authenticity in social media and how authenticity and vulnerability go hand in hand, I want to leave you with one of Brené Brown's Dare to Lead exercises on vulnerability. They're essentially just a few questions to reflect on, so feel free to pause this at any time and just write down the questions. What did you grow up thinking vulnerability was? What does vulnerability physically and emotionally feel like to you? On a scale of one to five, how much do you need to unlearn any of these myths about vulnerability? Vulnerability is a weakness. I don't do vulnerability. I can do it alone. You can engineer uncertainty and discomfort out of vulnerability. Trust comes before vulnerability. And vulnerability is disclosure. And then the last three questions to reflect on. In your salon or spa, what are the messages and expectations around vulnerability, and how does that permeate into your online presence? When you reflect on how you want to show up and be seen as a leader, as a brand, what does vulnerability look like? And what is one way you'll experiment being more vulnerable on social media? Last but not least, if you're looking for simplified business building techniques and actionable marketing education around clientele building, new stylists, organization, social media, pay structure, salon ownership, and or motivation, you must check out Britt's podcast, The Thriving Stylists. It's available on all leading podcast apps, including Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And of course, check out the show notes for any and all links mentioned throughout this conversation. Thanks for listening to Forrest FM. If you've enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. As always, you can head over to forest.com forward slash FM to catch all the latest from the show and check out the links and resources mentioned throughout the episode. And if you've got any feedback, be sure to let us know. Send us an email at forestfm at forest.com. Brought to you by Forest Salon Software. Forest FM episodes air weekly, sharing inspiring stories from the salon floor and amplifying community voices all over the globe. In your salon, we're at the heart of it. This episode was edited and mixed by Audio Z, Montreal's cutting edge post production studio for creative minds looking to have their vision professionally produced and mixed. Great music makes great moments.